Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. someone told you that your child's concerning behavior isn't because your child is unmotivated, attention-seeking, lazy, manipulative, selfish, boundary-pushing, or because they have problems taking accountability for their actions? What if somebody told you that your kid's concerning behaviors are also not because you're an incompetent, permissive, or blasé parent? What if you found out that your child's upsetting behaviors are happening because they don't have the skills to do any better? And what if there were some tools you could learn to use to help your child do better? Today, I'm talking about the central and arguably the most challenging idea for many parents to accept in Ross Green's Collaborative and Proactive Solutions Model, or CPS, kids do well if they can do well, not if they want to do well. Welcome back to Project Parenthood. I'm your host, Dr. Nanika Kaur, clinical psychologist and respectful parenting therapist. Each week, I'll help you repair and deepen your parent-child connection, increase self-compassion and cooperation from your kids, and cultivate joy, peace, and resilience in your relationship with them. Through the lenses of my kid does well if they feel like doing well, then you're generally a crappy parent if you can't get your child to feel like doing well. And your child is generally a crappy kid for withholding their abilities to do well. So you're either feeling negatively about your child or about yourself, often both. And neither outlook is going to get you very far. Notice, if you have a kid who exhibits challenging behavior, they don't show those behaviors 100% of the time, just sometimes. That's important because it means that you have the opportunity to get curious about the specific conditions in which your child does exhibit those unwanted behaviors. Through the lenses of my kid does well if they can do well, the question becomes, what conditions make it so they can't do well? What's getting in their way? So let's look at the three plans of CPS. In the CPS model, when you're dealing with a child exhibiting concerning behavior, there are three ways to react or respond to the behavior. The first is Plan A. These are adult-imposed unilateral and uninformed solutions. You believe that people need to be forced to do things that are good for them, so you lay down the law and expect your child to obey, perhaps using rewards, punishments, compromises, negotiations, and bribes, shame, control, coercion, and threats to help you get your way. This is followed by your child's behavioral cues of distress or difficulty, like tantrums, meltdowns, aggression, shutdown, resistance, or other unpleasant-for-you behaviors. The next is proactive Plan B. While the concerning behavior is happening, you focus on surviving it and getting to the other side of it. You keep people and property safe and try de-escalation and co-regulation from a place of compassion if you can. 
afterward, when everyone's nervous systems are relatively calm, you work on proactively preventing the concerning behavior the next time. That looks like first eliciting your child's concerns about the problem, then telling your child your concerns about the problem, and finally, putting your heads together to come up with a mutually satisfactory and realistic solution that addresses both your concerns and theirs. The last is proactive plan C. This is when, reflecting upon your parental expectations and resulting kid behavior outside of the heat of the moment, you realize that your expectation is unrealistic for your child right now. And because you have higher priority expectations to work on, you deliberately decide to temporarily stop holding that expectation of your child. Keep in mind, though, that using plan A can cause more problems than it solves. The problem with plan A where you impose unilateral and uninformed solutions, is that it focuses on unwanted behaviors when what needs attention is what is giving rise to those unwanted behaviors, the underlying unsolved problem. This is another way of saying that you have an expectation that your child cannot meet. Ultimately imposing adult solutions without understanding your child's concerns or getting their input results in more entrenched challenging behavior your child will resist your resistance to the reality of what their capabilities are for meeting a particular expectation. Even when your child does do something, quote-unquote, just to get what they want, or they refuse to do something that they've done before, it's still simply the best way they know how to get what they need in the moment given their skill set and the situation. For instance, imagine your child stole money from your wallet. Through the lens of kids do well if they want to, you might see your child as unconcerned with your needs and unwilling to do what they know is the right thing. Through the lens of kids do well if they can, your child has a need that they don't trust their adult will listen to, consider, respect, or find a solution for. Instead, they solve the problem unilaterally in a way that takes only their needs into account, which is, you might notice, the definition of plan A. The problem with defaulting to plan A as a way of managing challenging behavior is that you end up modeling for your child that the only way to solve a problem or get one's needs met is to do so unilaterally in a way that accounts for only one's own needs. So it makes sense that they eventually learn how to plan A you. Another thing to keep in mind is that plan B requires mindfulness. If we look more closely at the Plan B process, you'll see that it involves reframing situations more positively at the same time as you're experiencing them. This takes real effort and dedication when you've historically viewed concerning behaviors as willful behaviors. It requires you to be aware of the present moment, which is to say you must be mindful. The moments when your child is behaving in upsetting ways are the same moments you'll need to mindfully remind yourself over and over again until you believe that it's true, that your child is having a hard time, not giving you a hard time. It's this emotional stance that will allow you to more successfully use de-escalation and co-regulation, 
both of which require you to be able to calm your own nervous system. It's important to know that Plan C isn't letting your child get away with bad behavior. When Plan C is used skillfully, it builds calm and trust, prevents unwanted behaviors before they start, lays the foundation for future Plan B strategies, and can also solve problems all by itself. But when you're new to CPS, it's easy to confuse proactive Plan C with simply ignoring concerning behaviors or silently gritting your teeth each time your child can't meet a particular expectation. All the while, you're continuing to hold the unrealistic for your child right now expectation internally. Problem is that your frustration about that expectation not getting met will eventually erupt, dislodging your ability to see your child through the lens of kids do well if they can. Plan B requires you and your child to use your executive functioning skills in the context of having time, space, energy, and focus to collaborate with your child to solve a problem proactively. When you have a long list of unsolved problems, it's impossible to solve them all at once. If everything is a priority, then nothing is a priority. Also, if you've historically used Plan A, your parent child relationship may not yet involve enough trust to use Plan B. You use Plan C when you're trying to make room for something more important, like stability, connection, or Plan Bing a higher priority issue. Plan C is letting go, for today, this week, a few months, or even forever, of the expectations that are so difficult for your child that they lead to concerning behavior. This might look like saying, okay, or letting your child go ahead and do what you expected them not to, or doing it for your child without being asked to do it. It's also true that parents do well when they can. When you're trying to leave coercive and punitive parenting strategies behind, you might fall into the trap of using coercive and punitive self-talk in an attempt to force yourself to do what you feel is the right thing as a parent. Sometimes, as a parent who's new to learning CPS, plans A, B, and C, you start to plan A yourself. You'll notice you're trying to strong-arm yourself into doing the right CPS thing when you have thoughts like, you'll never be a good enough parent if you don't change your lenses. Everything will be ruined if I don't get my lenses back on tight right now. You shouldn't be having all of these negative thoughts about your kid. Why don't you have your lenses on? If you had them on, you wouldn't be thinking about your kid so negatively. When you notice your critical self-talk, remember that you deserve the same support, understanding, and forgiveness that you're trying to give your child when they're struggling. Trying to get yourself to straighten up and fly right by shaming and guilt-tripping yourself only leads to burnout and feeling stuck, and it doesn't actually result in you doing better. No one does better by being made to feel worse. You and your kid included. It's natural to let your perfectionistic tendencies take over and start berating you for not having changed your lenses. At these times, it can be helpful to plan C yourself. Let yourself off the hook with reframed thoughts like, it's okay that you don't have your lenses on right now. You're tired and stressed out. We're going to let this go for now and try again later. Remember, plan A doesn't work. Right now, you're too overwhelmed to plan B, 
that leaves you with plan C, I'll drop this expectation for myself now. Having CPS lenses on right now is simply too hard, so never mind. You don't need to do it. Your child's explosions and meltdowns can't be changed or managed in the moment that they're occurring. So you simply need to survive them as best you can. It's hard work not to react from a place of being triggered, but acting from anger, resentment, or fear will worsen the situation. Instead, constantly remind yourself that this isn't bad behavior you're witnessing. Your child's concerning behavior is a signal that what's being expected of them has outstripped their current abilities and or skills to meet that expectation. This will help to bring your compassion and love online, which are always going to be your best tools in the moments of meltdown. Like a mantra, repeat to yourself, kiddo, I love you. I know this is hard and I want to help if I can. Remember that you too do well only when you can do well. CPS helps both you and your child build the skills of flexibility, frustration tolerance, and problem solving, all of which help you get through difficult interactions, strengthen your parent-child relationship, and replace relational suspicion and conflict with trust. And the journey to all those benefits starts with the single step of changing the lenses through which you're viewing your child. That's all for today's episode of Project Parenthood. Thanks for listening, and I hope you found this helpful. Be sure to join me live on Instagram at BK Parents on Monday, December 18 at 12.45 p.m. when you can ask me anything. You can get your questions answered in real time. If you have a question for me about parent-child relationships, respectful parenting tips, and or parental mental health that you'd like me to cover in a future episode, shoot me an email at parenthood at quickanddirtytips.com. Leave a message at 646-926-3243 or leave a message on Instagram at BKParents. That's B-K-P-A-R-E-N-T-S. And you can learn about my private practice, working with parents living in New York State at www.brooklynparenttherapy.com. Catch you next week. Project Parenthood is a quick and dirty tips podcast. It's audio engineered by Dan Firebend. Our podcast and advertising operations specialist is Morgan Christensen. Our digital operations specialist is Holly Hutchings. And our marketing and publicity associate is Davina Tomlin. See you next week.